0: Credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood.
1: All right. Thank you, Bombargo, and welcome to another episode of The Anecdote. I'm joined today by Zach Schenken, founder of the Vitruvian Man Project. Welcome to the show, man.
0: Logan, thanks for having me, man.
1: I I appreciate you stepping on. We kind of uh, ran into each other on over Instagram uh, and kind of this, uh, this men's health new wave men's health space. And I think it's so fascinating. You know, there's guys like yourself building businesses and brands out of this. Uh, somebody like myself, who's just cheaply scouring Twitter and, and, forums and web md blogs and <laughs> and a whole bunch of papers on sunning your nuts you know to try and better myself so um what you do i think is is fantastic and and that whole space i can't i can't say enough good things about about this new wave men's uh health space like it's 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 given confidence it's given me i've never been able to see my stomach muscles i can for the first time since i was like eight see yeah. my stomach muscles but then there's not there's not abs it's not strong but like I know that underneath there's actually a piece of muscular tissue. So it's 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 crazy space. And I appreciate what you guys are doing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I found it initially, you know, self-development more broadly, the same way a lot of people do. And I heavily relate to like the abs thing, because that was a huge part. Like I grew up as kind of like a doughier, chubbier kid and, and like played sports and stuff, but never looked the part of the athlete. And, you know, that was always a point of insecurity for me. So like my foray or entry into self-development was like all right how do i get in shape how do i become a better athlete how do i look more like an athlete like the guys i see on tv and then from there it's this like endless spiral because you you learn about weightlifting and then that goes to nutrition and then you learn about the scams of nutrition and like what's bullshit what's not um and you start pulling on all these levers and then you know moving further down the line like i eventually studied biomedical engineering in school and so like really getting into the grain granularity of like endocrinology and like all that stuff I mean, I think it's super fascinating, and and it's a a big part of my life.
1: Did you say endocrinology? Yeah. So, so like, okay, so we I talk about like endocrine disruptors. You know, can you touch on that on a little higher level? On yeah, what yeah. the endocrine so, system is. So,
0: so the uh, the endocrine system is the system of the body governing hormone pathways and transmittance across the body. Hormones are arguably the most important chemicals that run through our body they dictate our mood they dictate our physiology and how our gene is constantly expressing itself. Um, but what's really cool is we can because we have higher level of thinking we can actually change our behaviors our intakes and some of the variables to actually get our body to create different hormones which is really really cool like even mm-hmm. just like a very simple example vitamin D is actually a hormone. Um, so vitamin is almost like a misnomer there and our body creates it when we are exposed to sunlight. And so like we, the signal we receive is sunlight on our skin, skin being the largest organ. And then our body creates the hormone of vitamin D, which has all these other like amazing cascading effects. But, um, the endocrine system is super, super important. It, it, it it mitigates or it impacts much more than just how jacked you look how much you perform in the gym. I mean, even you can even think of a, an example on the female end of the spectrum, like when you're experiencing a full ovulation cycle, like the wave of emotion that you ride across that full month is entirely directed by the hormones that you experience. Um, even you can think of behavioral changes back when you're, um, you know, a pubescent boy and like, you're starting to get really, really aggressive. It's because like your body's producing testosterone at a level it hasn't done before testosterone being the predominant aggressor hormone, but as well as like sex drive and performance and a lot of other stuff. So, um, it's, it's a super fascinating field. I'm no scientist. I will not claim to be a pharmacologist or anything like that, but I definitely study this stuff and I think it's super cool.
1: Yeah. I, I did not know that vitamin D was a hormone. So like I, I, I was taking vitamin D because as you can see, I'm the palest guy in Canada we <laughs> were like a land of pale. So I was say I, I want to get more sun exposure and that's part of the, you know, we'll talk about the sunning and stuff later, but like, so vitamin D in the winter, I was always just taking one. And I, a buddy uh had mentioned, he's like, yeah, like I read a, this podcast, like he triple doses the recommendation for like Northern, Northern Hemisphere men to triple dose vitamin D. And a little anecdote on, on vitamin D is that of high performance athletes, it's the number one correlation to uh, like across spectrum is vitamin D levels, which is kind of like of, of like high test, high performance.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of crazy. Know that. Yeah, Fascinating. It doesn't surprise me. It has like, the more I learn about it, um, it has so many, like I said, amazing cascading effects. And then when you think about it from a higher level perspective, like the main thing that we can do to generate vitamin D is sunlight exposure we as humans evolved over a very long time with a bunch of our skin exposed to the sun all the time. So like the more we can return to that more vital form of living, just being simpler. And we're going to talk about that, like being a little bit more reductionist, like just move to simplicity and expose your body to sunlight. Of course, you're going to be a more vital version of yourself than hiding in light er, hiding inside blue light. Um, I mean, skin cancer rates have risen and our bodies are spending less time in the sun like mm-hmm. yeah it's insane
1: i i i i want to tackle this um this skin cancer sunlight exposure thing like of course like don't go sit out in the middle of mexico when you just got off the plane and expect to get a tan in 3 hours uh <laughs> there's a lot of work on like early sunlight exposure like getting those first morning rays will actually help you in the afternoon to mitigate like the the I don't even want to say damage it'll mitigate the stress of this on the skin that the sun would put. Right. Uh, yeah. like some very, some very crazy stuff with sunlight and it, as, as creatures from that came from stars and, you know, feast off of everything that it touches. We don't know. We, we don't talk enough about sunlight.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, you know, obviously Andrew Huberman is a huge leader in the space of like, um, ne- neurology and stuff like that. And so, he's been a a big proponent and people are starting to understand the value of getting, you know, sunlight early in the day in our eyes. And that is the act like the really fascinating thing is that that early sunlight exposure, it's not like you're, you know, warming up the skin. The skin's like, Ooh, we're going to get sun at 3 PM today. Like let's not get burned. It's more like you're sending signals to your brain to be prepared for that day of sunlight. And it also, you know, he talks about a ton of stuff with regulating your circadian rhythm and all these other things. And, you know, I've been I graduated from university back in May. So I've been working my job since then um, as an engineer. And, you know, now that it's wintertime, like I wake up before the sun's out. I bike to work in the dark. I get there. I enter a windowless building and I don't see the sunlight because it goes down by five. And so, like, it's been a pretty tough little window here for both sunlight exposure and also my mental health. But yeah, yeah it's super, super critical. So trying to, like, reorient my life to. Spend more time in
1: the sun. Yeah, simple as that. Like we're yeah, we're creatures of the sun. Spend our time in the sun. Like I I love the study on like outdoor learning and like kids' capacity of outdoor learning. Or like that should be as simple as it. Like we're creatures who just need to be outside. Um, and you know, like we don't need to be shirt off all the time, but like just being outside, getting your eyes, your 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 nose, like your skin, like your skin needs to be on sunlight or needs to feel sunlight.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, one thing, you know, the more that I get into this and definitely coming from a technical background, everyone loves to be like, oh, that's fascinating. What study, what study, what study, like what's the data on that? And and I think that is important for us to like empirically prove some of this stuff because you don't want to just move simply off conjecture. But I think a lot of things in health, I try to circle back to like, does it make you feel good? Like the days like you take a vacation out of a normal nine to five, The days that you spend fully on the beach, like you're tired when you go to bed, you feel really alive when you wake up. And the first thing you do is walk outside and catch the wind and the breeze and the sun in your eyes. Like those feelings are your body telling you you're doing something right. Um, It doesn't you don't have to necessarily be like a Stanford researcher and like reading all these papers to be like, oh, it makes sense for me (sighs) to expose my body and my eyes to the sun and spend time outside. And eat, you know, clean food and high, high nutrient dense foods, which I'm sure we're going to get into, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Let, let's talk on, let's touch on uh, red light therapy and sunning our nuts, I guess, because I've said it a couple of times and I've, i talked to you off air, like I'll just throw it in conjecturally because it's so out there. Um, it's something that uh, I found in this space, you know, red light, red light morning is, I, I guess I'll get your take on this. My I'll do my my morning workout in red light and, and not evening. And I guess um when I can in Canada, uh, I will read a book in my backyard and sun my nuts. And can you want to get into I guess both those things?
0: Yeah, I definitely can say that I envy you on both of those things because I haven't had the like locational opportunity to do so. I don't own property. So I'm in an apartment in Atlanta right now. Um mm. So I, I think I would probably get either kicked out or potentially arrested if I were to go on my <laughs> inward-facing balcony and just let the world see. Yeah. Um, so sunlight direct exposure to my nuts is a is a future tense kind of thing for me, but yeah. red light therapy as soon as the kind of the the money makes sense because unfortunately the tech right now those panels are pretty expensive. But what data we do have on red light um, is super super positive, And I think it it makes a lot of sense. It's again, like you can look at the studies or you can just say, what are the UV spectrum that the sun is sending to your body? Okay. What more closely replicates that red light, as opposed to the blue light and fluorescent light that we're constantly just poured onto. Um, and so and like think- the
1: mitochondria accepts red light, you know, like that it, it, it's activated by red light. But it's like, so like are the, the, the fuel house of our cells are activated by red light.
0: Yeah. I mean, down, down of to best. a very cellular level, it, it's like a it's a one-to-one analog. And going back to what we talked about at the beginning, with vitamin D being a hormone responded to by the signal of light, if you can like use technology to modulate that, i.e. red light exposure, then you're giving yourself free performance-enhancing drugs. Because if every cell is working on overtime, all your mitochondria is just dumping ATP, which is the energy that cells use to do stuff, then you're going to be not only feeling excellent but actually capable of a lot more whether it's a 14-hour work day or two-a-day sessions in the gym um whatever have you but yeah i think it's super it's a space it's a, you know when i do like right now i'm very early in my entrepreneurial journey <clears throat> and so um i do a lot of like law of attraction manifestation stuff like goal setting and so when I'm writing yep. out like what my perfect day looks like that I aspire to have, like that's definitely incorporated into the routine. I don't know how much you follow um, Ben Greenfield, but he's like a huge researcher, biohacker kind of character and has tried everything top to bottom. And his protocols currently definitely include that early workout under the red light. So I'm curious, what what's your experience been with that? Like even just anecdotally, like what's the feeling?
1: Yeah. So like, so the machine is not hot at all but your skin like starts motoring. Like I, that's the only way to describe it. Like it starts kind of like you can feel it's not warm. Like it's not warm to the touch at all, but you can feel warm on your cells. So like instantly right away, I'm just like, yeah, this like didn't make sense. So, like I'll do, you know, ups in my saw shorts and then um, pull-ups. And like, I'm I, I have a I'm a very primitive guy. I don't have an at-home gym other than a 10-pound set of weights, uh, like the lift cords, bands, rubber bands, and a pull-up and that's that's how i do my at home workouts and so my daily micros like micro workouts so i'll do if I, if I if i ever walk past the station i have to do reps to fail that's how i do the workout so like it's discipline enough to keep me going i use the muscles and if my time frame is um eons you know i i can i'm getting better every day i'm doing, you know a 10th of a more pull up every day right so yeah. um but like yeah back to the red light thing um it just makes my cells feel warm. It, I, I feel like my complexion is better. But I'm, I'm, a, I, I can only get three sessions in a week. Like I, I wish that I could get, you know, wake up with seven full ones. But I, it's just at this point not doable.
0: What's the what's the limiting factor? Just like your current lifestyle, or or like? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Two gremlins yelling, "Dad!"
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely yeah, aspire. I- and I'm ex- excited about the fatherhood phase in my future, but I'm definitely not necessarily racing to get there because life changes a lot.
1: It definitely does. Yeah, yeah. You were complaining about being tired off air. I was like, man, brother, I was up at 5.30. Chase those two <laughs> you, you really gets around. That's a good way to do deadlift. So like you got 30 pound sacks and like you got to yeah, squat yeah, them up yeah. and down. And I, I, so I, I'm such a micro workout purist. So, like when I think about picking up my boys, I will like do it in form and like <laughs> and really... Uh, I'll, I'll draw attention to the muscles that i want to work on so like you know if it's a forearm muscle like bend my wrists and like work them backwards or like lift them up a couple times and like you just you like if you make it a workout and like any type of work like whether it's going down the stairs just like ah i get to go down the stairs workout grab a water come back up right like yeah. that you know it's just a workout that's that's all it is
0: yeah i mean human beings when you just look at the design we are clearly kinetic like meant mm-hmm. for movement not meant to sit that's a bit another tough part about my engineering job is that like there's sitting desks there and i didn't want to be the new guy that like walks in and like hey can i have a standing desk <laughs> i i like i'm speaking to you right now on a standing desk and mm-hmm. i've had this specific desk that i built since back in high school And I took it to college and like, so I've been a standing work person for a long time. And then to jump into sitting like a normal, like nine to five slave, like everybody else, Mm -hmm. I like my body reacted strongly like i got oh, back yeah. pain out of nowhere i mean I, i'm a i'm a kid by all intents and purposes and i'm very fit i train i stretch all this stuff and i started getting hip pain back pain i'm like what's going on and it's just because i'm spending like eight hours a day sitting so like when my bosses step out i i do like all kinds of weird stretches and movements on the ground like I'm i'm looking real primal primal in the office but oh, you yeah. have
1: to yeah Like, I I often eat lunch by myself because, like, everybody else goes to the bar or whatnot. And, you know, I I pack a lunch because I drive 40 minutes. And so, like, before I eat, I'm like, okay, I'll rip a set out, like, stretch, like, because I've been sitting at this desk and then I'll eat. Like, I have to, like, I have to make sure my body feels, like, fit for food. Like, I I I want my meal to be so enjoyable. I don't want neck pain. I don't want... You know, I crack my knuckles. Like I want to make sure it's good, right? Yeah, yeah. Nothing's not nothing in the nothing on in the internal is going to bother me during this lunch, right? So, I love that. Yeah. Um. Another thing I wanted to get into was testosterone, and we kind of touched on it a little bit. So, like when when you talk about this again, you know, as, as out there as sunning your nuts is, and uh, highly recommend everybody try it. Uh, as long as you know your neighbors are aren't uh, around, you're in a space where you're free. I guess. Um. This this natural boost of testosterone. Like I talked about it and a, a couple of guys in my circle who also work out, they're like, what? Like, like these guys work out where, you know, they're in our group of, of two to three guys, two to three days a week where we're like now serious about the gym, which has only happened in the last like month and a half, two months. Right. This, this, this essentially since football season done, but whatever. Natural ways to boost testosterone. Um, I don't know where you want to start with it. Cause it includes pretty much everything that we do, but. Um the mic is yours.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely uh an open-ended question, but I think that we can start kind of on the on the sun nutting or sun nutting thing. (laughs) Whatever. Um sunning getting yeah, or like vitamin D testicles to sunlight directly is based on the limited like clinical studies they've done, seems to indicate that there is benefit there. Um I tend to land a little bit more on the like reductionist mindset with this. It's like, did we evolve in a place where this was commonplace? Yeah, probably. You know, I don't think it's like the one key to turn you into a superhuman athlete. It's not going to be akin to anabolic steroids if you're looking for results like that. Um, It's just not going to be that big of an increase. But I do think more broadly, like sunlight exposure, whether it is to that direct area um, or your body at large, that's a huge one. And so the benefit of doing it to that direct area is that you know it's a local region like we can look at the body has local and uh global effects and so the endocrine system operates in both cases we can do things with i mean even like massaging your lymph nodes right like you can mass- you can have an effect directly and locally by touching certain areas of your body but you can also have broad effects like a great tea booster is just sleeping well mm-hmm. dark room cold room cover your eyes Nose breathe, like m- optimizing your sleep, is probably bar none the best performance enhancer, testosterone enhancer. And I think with the, t- the testosterone enhancement discussion, it's important to delineate like exogenous and like adding to tea or really just allowing your body to get to the level it should and is potentially capable of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a foundational hormone for men and. We and our bodies are designed to produce it at a high level. Everybody's is different based on epigenetic factors. But what you decide to do on the day-to-day consistently defines how your genome is being expressed. Like a ton of genetic disorders are coming out now as being, it, there's almost no data in in clinical studies that can separate environmental factors from genetic predisposition. Because you can't separate it. Like the human exists in an environment. So even if we study directly, like, okay, the parent did this and had this gene, the kid had this gene and they both ended up being alcoholic. Well, maybe you had a predisposition for it, but we also can't separate the fact that you grew up in a home of an alcoholic and you had trauma and all these other environmental factors. So when we think about testosterone too, it's like, yeah, are you potentially a low T person? Like, did you, were you born with a parent that had a shit diet, was overweight, Um, potentially did actually super detrimental things like smoked or drank when you were pregnant, whatever you're born with, the best thing you could do is say, what are the biggest levers I can pull on? And then let me start working on those. So forcing yourself under a tremendous amount of stress using heat, cold and training effort to force your body to react. So train really hard, expose yourself to really, really hot heat, really, really cold, cold. And you're going to activate kind of this archaic nature of our cells because our cells haven't forgotten the thousands and thousands of years that we evolved and to save us and protect us and get us here we had to be able to get through all of those things and so you're going to release a lot of really cool stuff like with heat exposure you get growth hormone um and and because the endocrine system is it's this beautiful dance of like uh hormones that work together and in synchronicity when you get some of them you get more of them and so testosterone is one that everyone loves to talk about and it's beyond critical, but it, it dances well with a lot of these other ones like vitamin D and, and GH and and all this other stuff. So that Mm. would be, I mean, the biggest lever, if you're just a regular person listening to this and you're thinking like, do I, or do I not have low T or could I optimize whatever I have even without doing blood work and knowing for sure, well, sleep better, wake up and go to bed at the exact same time every day, including weekends. Make sure you're getting seven to eight hours per night. Train hard once a day, if possible, three times a week, if at minimum. And if you can get into hot and cold, do it. Like cold is going to be good Uh for alertness and um, just feeling kind of positive things like um, norepinephrine and all that stuff. But Uh the heat is going to get you some of the, the growth factor, the recovery, as well as kind of the. The boost in testosterone, if you will, um, yeah. So yeah, and I want to
1: keep it on the on the natural side because I've never taken a T booster. I'm not, you know, I'm not like the Liver King. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah, look yeah. like them, but I'm not on G HGH. you lying about anything I'm taking. So the next thing I wanted to move with like natural tea from food. Um, and so this this one kind of shocked me is like how critical butter is for young men's development. Like I, you know, I, I on our house it's a butter almost goes with every meal because animal fats um, are huge for especially young men testosterone. So like, I I don't know, I don't know if this is in your expertise, but like simply eating meat, good starches, high animal fats is going to increase your testosterone naturally and then sleeping and nose breathing. Like I've got a, I've got a, a bad family jowl. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and I, I, so I started nose breathing cause I read that James clear book and I had bad allergies. I was on a heavy daily over the, or, um, prescription allergy med always sneezy. I was, you know, I had fat face, the jowl didn't really sleep well. So, you know, you talk about like going to the gym three times a week, natural t I guarantee you people will start feeling better. If they put a small piece of tape and learn how to nose breathe at night and eat meat, animal fats and water, like honest to Christ. That is, I did nothing. For, I did. I never even worked out for to like this last like six months. And I just, just nose and changed my diet to like a meat and animal fat first choice. Like it has to be dense in the, in those loads. And I lost like 25 pounds. Like wow. I my allergy pill is gone. Done. Like yeah. I don't, I don't have it anymore. Like it just, I don't have a family jaw. I changed my jaw shape. Like, yeah. like, like nose breathing, nose breathing and eating and sleeping. That is, yeah, nose breathing and sleeping well or yeah. eating.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. And I think what's tough about the diet, training, nutrition space, broadly speaking, is that there's so much noise. Everybody's trying mm-hmm. to sell you something. And the people that are trying to sell you something, unless it's like a training plan, which is just like, you know, it, it comes down to the marketing but as far as like diet, if it's a consumable thing or a supplement, they want to hit on the trick, the easy flip, the the shortcut basically. So, Oh, take this fat burner pill, take this pre-workout, take this, whatever, um, these amino acids, all these kinds of things. And if it comes in a blue raz super electricity pop flavor, like yeah. it's probably not going to be as good for your body as eating some organ meat or like you said, raw animal fat, like rendered animal fat, whether it's ghee or butter or kefir, um, all these things, it's just a return to simplicity. Like let your body do what it is learned to do for so, so long Mm -hmm. and stop trying to feed it essentially like, like, yeah, like just like chemicals, plastic chemicals, a better place going in a car than a human being. Um, that's really fascinating with the, with the animal fat stuff. I've been probably over the last six months working my transition towards like a more whole food animal based kind of diet. Um, I've run the gambit, I've kind of tried it all over the years, like the super low, um, low fat, low carb diet where it's like just super lean meats, like just chicken breast, shrimp, um, Mm -hmm. rice like the traditional bodybuilder stuff that you see a lot and then i've tried like the the really low calorie high dense foods that you see with like greg doucet and like the sugar-free syrups and all this stuff that can fill your stomach really well but satiety is a huge factor that i'm starting to get into because like i'm an eater so it's always been Mm -hmm. hard for me to like kind of fill myself and then stop beyond going like and keeping eating more than i need you gotta listen to
1: your body right if your body's hungry it's like it's telling you you need more calories. Like so like the 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 under eating, uh the under eating and overeating thing is something that always just blows my mind. Like your body will it like will shut you off if it's treated properly when or tell you when to. Like it's it's simple as that. It's primal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and those satiety signals to your brain aren't just like, we do have stretch receptors in the stomach, which is like, okay, if my stomach is physically full, like if it's really bloated with water and lettuce and all the other stuff you can s- shove down there, like you will st- be able to stop eating. But also if you just eat a pound of fatty grass fed beef, like you're going to be full for like the day. Cause it's just, it's a good amount of cat. It's like a thousand calories in meat and and it's like easily digestible. It's got great dense calories, fat, uh, fat nutrients. And your body's like, Oh, that, like, that's what we needed. Like we'll turn the mm-hmm. switch off until dinner time.
1: Yeah. Um, that, and maybe throw a, uh, a runny egg on the side and you, and a slice of avocado and you've got, you've got as good of a meal as you could put in your body nutritionally wise. Like 100%. it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, Okay. I guess I want to touch on a little uh, one more thing, I guess, or maybe a couple more things on this testosterone side. Um, the study on polyester on male dogs shocked me. Like, I don't know how that came across me, um, but then I saw like Bra and these guys talking about polyester and especially polyester, gish, polyester underwear. And so like, as, as soon as I read that, that the dog study about like the, the shrink in the testicles a reduction of energy, and so I guess for, for backwards up for people who are just listening to this and don't know what I'm talking about. They, they put uh, a half set of dogs in um, linen, cotton and polyester something like that. And the polyester dogs showed reduction in testicle size, reduction in mood. Like it was so alarming that we shouldn't have polyester on our, on our nether regions that so, like, it was a cold Turkey, like went through anything with polyester out. Like, right. I mean, it may have been too hardcore, but like, I'm a cotton linen maximalist now, like, and it feels better. Like you sleep better. It sleeps cooler. Like I changed my sheets to silk. Like, yeah, it, it feels better. Um, and then last one is semen retention. Um, I don't, I don't know if you want to touch on that one. On, yeah. On the life force that's within us,
0: but dude, I'm I'm happy to touch on both, and I, I I'm trying my best. Um, with like the, I'm I'm incrementally, I think I'm doing less cold turkey with the polyester. I'm like just like little bags at a time, taking stuff to Goodwill and then trying to buy Mm. back only like cotton options. Um, definitely like the underwear is like kind of a non-negotiable. That's going to be like a big next step. Um, and so, yeah, that, that stuff's pretty interesting. I got like organic cotton sheets and everything. Eventually we'll get like silk when I'm big boy balling. But, um, I think that, yeah, that stuff is, is another one where it's like, okay, what were the materials accessible to us when we were more primal versions of ourselves when we were evolving when human beings bodies were learning okay it's like what can you get directly from nature and it certainly isn't some poly weave that comes to us from dupont like i know we talked about from like a little bit of a conspiracy level but like some of these big players like they're they're putting you in plastic prisons including the clothes you wear so try to get back to as much organic stuff as you can um that one's a little bit simpler it's it, once you expose yourself to the data it's like okay i can i can start working towards it it's hard because many many and arguably most clothes i mean even even the sweater i see you wearing right now right like the neckline has elastic in it
1: right i hope not this is an old so like this is an old like eight i think it's a 90s hill figure cotton so yeah there might be some elastic in it but it's my Sunday. i like wearing this instead of like a bangles yeah, yeah jersey it's because it's like a little more classy like it's a but i like who's he cheering for the orange right it's, it's yeah, orange yeah. right yeah it's yeah No, that's so but you're, but, yeah. but you're probably right that there is there, and you know i i'm not looking at this
0: uh, <laughs> i'm not trying um, to i'm not trying to make you throw out your favorite sweater uh, it's just...
1: no i'm not gonna i will tell you to fuck right off like this is my favorite <laughs> orange sweater right
0: no so. it's uh it's just one of those things where you got to be selective but also yeah uh lean back into the 80 20 like if you can get the most important stuff right like sleeping in good sheets where you're, I mean, sleeping is eight hours a day. You're rubbing up on those sheets. Like that's important. Um, sleep naked. If you're a guy or a woman, um, just like let your body breathe. And then, um, if you're going to wear underwear all day, cotton, if you're, and then I would also encourage you to not wear underwear if that's an option. Um, Mm -hmm. but then yeah, semen retention, this is like a big one. I don't think that we have enough time to talk on all of it. I think that I'll, I'll attack it kind of twofold. So Again, there is the, the data and the studies and stuff. You're not going to be able to go out and find like really cool studies that are like, holy cow, 100% increase in testosterone because this guy did not nut for a month. But I will say that often paired with masturbation and ejaculation is going to be pornography. And that is like a universally evil construct. Um, it's detrimental to relationships even if you want to go really data heavy, because I do think like people that shit on pornography often have that like religious angle. Like it's, it's unholy. Like, do you love your partner? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's all very true, but like, if you want to be founded in facts, like go listen to Andrew, Andrew Huberman talking about like desensitization in the brain to pornography. Like the, you're increasing the stimulus, but it's not linked to any physical action. So you're just, you're actually just breaking your brain and disconnecting from what is really, really critical and important for us as human beings with sex? Like, there is the procreative aspect. Like, as men, we want to spread our seed and procreate. So, it's important that we use that energy that used to be done to build empires, down woolly mammoths, really accomplish a lot. And instead of just blasting it into a tissue and throwing it away, like, hold on to that for a little bit a couple days, a week, two weeks, a month, like whatever your sexual access is, like whether you have a long-term partner or you're a single person, if you exercise a little bit of elective control, the anecdotal experience, like I will talk about for me is like, I've been off pornography for a long time because it's, I just think it fucks your brain and it's like a non-negotiable. So I think that's the best place to start is wean yourself off and it's not easy. You're chemically addicted. Um, Find an accountability partner, another male friend, that you have access to and try to hold each other accountable i mean like even with what i'm building with my program a whole week it's like a 12-week program a whole week that i talk about kind of the dark side the stuff people don't want to talk about and pornography is a big part of that that whole week we like pornography is a main focus mm-hmm. because it, as a man like you have no business watching it not only because it's going to make you masturbate and ejaculate but also it's ruining your capacity to be your best self be your best partner to your future mate Um, there's a ton of data on like divorce rates when pornography is involved, all this stuff, but pornography is a non-negotiable. You got to get it out, start there. And then in the last probably six, eight months, I've been as consistent as possible with semen retention, barring like being with a partner. Um, and it's, it's unreal. Like the, the closest thing I can describe is like, you feel like you're playing life on God mode. Like you start recognizing synchronicities in your life. You have ideas come to you that otherwise like wouldn't happen. You can work picking for, up on social
1: cues. Like I, I think that that's where like, there's like some, yeah. hundred
0: yeah. yeah, percent. Yeah. You started to start, sort you start of picking either. up. No, no, you're good. Yeah. I can ramble. So definitely cut me off. <laughs> but um, no, you, you start to pick up on, yeah, like both may, inter-male as well as female social cues. You're also, out, it's out of your control, but you're going to start to exude extra levels of confidence, especially when you're around women, because all that like testosterone, all the stuff that you're holding in, it's not just going to turn you into this feral, horny bastard. Like it's allowing you to be like your most masculine self. Like you're harnessing the divine masculine, which nobody talks about. Like there's always all this noise about divine feminine, but like you hold within you the ability to create life. That is magic. It is power. And if you ho- if you just throw that away whether it's meaningless hookups, drunk sex or like worst of all porn porn addiction. masturbation yeah. like you- you're just throwing away a superpower in my opinion and it- and it sounds Victor. very pseudoscience-y, very like I don't know it-, it can sound a little woo-woo but my encouragement to those that are skeptical is one, look at the data on specifically pornography, but you can, there are some studies on semen retention, but two worst case scenario, try it for a month, like hold yourself mm-hmm. accountable and try it. You will notice wildly different things in your life.
1: I yeah, completely agree. Uh, I, And I picked that up on a, a buddy. He was just like, you just like, you have to stop. And I was like, hmm, cause like, you know, you grow up in a locker room. It's like, oh, everybody's talking about porn. Like, like it's like, yeah. it's like the, you know, it's our football team, the weather, girls and porn. Right. So like, Like once you, like when you evolve from that really horny 14 year old and and finally, you know, get over that, um, there's great things to be done by men. And, and I, there's this meme out there that's, uh, like men accomplish greater things when it's harder to see women's boobs. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a fundamental fact. So, um, yeah, uh, where do we want to go next? This is, this is fantastic. Um, I guess. We can talk about uh, gut health a little bit, and how it's kind of tied to the to the whole system. Um, this is something my wife is big on, uh, and changed uh our diet a little bit on this. I, I'm a sauerkraut fan, so we included more raw sauerkraut. So that's good as a as an old German. That's great for us. Um, but I guess touch on anything you know about gut health and and how that leads um how that affects the man.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's super important. I think the gut is. They they call it the first brain because like if you buy into the school of evolution that we evolved from like the single cell and eventually became these kind of uh, primordial creatures, we had just a digestive system before we had evolved this like larger brain. So the gut brain barrier is is pretty well studied and it's it's super connected. So the endocrine system, all the all these signaling pathways go straight from your brain to your gut and vice versa. So it's really, really important as far as how you're going to feel on the day to day, not only perform, but like emotionally and actually just like feel what, um, your gut health is super critical. So like for those that haven't taken time to analyze kind of their intake, it's worthwhile and experiment and see what works for you. Everybody's gut's going to be a little bit different. You think evolutionarily people came from different regions of the world. The animals they were eating is different. The fruit they had access to is different. So slight variations will be important, but as far as broad advice, um, have some sort of fermented vegetable. So sauerkraut, I personally, I like sauerkraut as well. I have a little bit of German in me as well. Um, actually a lot, <laughs> like half. And then um, I also do kimchi. I just like to mix up the flavor, but in they, in a lot of these studies, when they go to the blue zones on earth, like the places where people are physically living the longest currently today, one of the unifying factors is that they eat some sort of fermented plant or vegetable. So that's a great way to get natural probiotics that are not going to be harmful to your body. A lot of cultures that can go in there and do a lot of good work for you. Um, One things to avoid that go in there and kind of nuke the gut microbiome is all of these artificial sweeteners, sucralose, um, preservatives, all of those chemicals are basically going in there and kind of like slash and burn, clearing out everything that's good. It's killing all the good bacteria that's living in there. And what results from that is common experiences that many people have had. You come out of a meal and you're gassy, you're bloated, you're burping. All of those things are super common, like almost universally so. And I was a huge, I had that experience so, so much. I just thought it was, people think it's normal because everybody experiences it, but there's like a delineation between common, which means a bunch of people have it happen and normal, which means it's what's supposed to be done by our body. And so just Mm. because everybody's gassy and everybody's bloated when you eat doesn't mean it's what's happening. Now that I'm animal based, I mean, it is remarkable. Like I'll eat a meal, a good amount of food. Like I'm a big guy. I train really hard, like pound of grass, grass fed beef. for lunch, it's like a pound of grass fed beef, like one to three bananas and apple. Like I'm eating like a good amount of food and I'm not bloated. Like I'm full, I'm satiated, but like, there's no burping, there's no gassing. Like it's amazing. And like, when I compare it to growing up, you know, in the house, in my growing up in my house, it was like incomparable, like very American traditional, not great. Oh yeah,
1: man. I was full stuffed, full of soy growing up, like just stuffed full.
0: Dude. I mean, I, I was, I had a very soy upbringing, like literally soy milk like i did, i never had whole oh, yeah. growing up um we had like butter substitutes every i can't believe oh, it's yeah. not butter i mean all the all that stuff and then like cooked in pam anyway that that is a secondary story i suppose but for the gut, well we're going to get really, to it
1: next yeah yeah uh, a little bit for, of the seed oil stuff
0: yeah but like to close up on the gut stuff try to get a one serving of a fermented vegetable so like literally just one fork full of like kimchi or sauerkraut a day it's going to do wonders um and then try to get yourself to remove as many of these sweeteners and preservatives as possible, a big place that I think of people bringing it in would be like your morning coffee or if you're drinking any sort of soda or any sweetened drinks, make sure that those drinks are sweetened with either stevia or honey or agave. And if if nothing at all, it's just like fruit sweeteners. like The, the sweet things that you should eat should have grown on something. Mm-hmm. Eat, like fruit is really sweet it's the candy that god and nature gave us go eat that and transition yourself away from these super hyper concentrated sweeteners because not only are they not helping you reach your goals but they're really going to make you feel gross along the way mm-hmm.
1: yeah my natural sweetener is just like uh, unpasteurized honey like local it's down at swift current it's like nice. i literally eat it by the spoonful and yeah add it to everything like it's I made like a beef teriyaki tonight and like the, the, the sweet in there is, is Swift current, Saskatchewan, honey farming. So it's a nice, it, it that's honey's a life force too. I love that stuff. <laughs> um, So yeah, we're going to try to now dance around some of the, the, the seed oil stuff, I guess. Um, So I, I'm going to just get this out there. My stance, Um, you know, we have a lot of farmers listening to this podcast. I'm a huge fan of growing canola. I'm a huge fan of canola in the industrial spaces. Um, but as far as my body, I choose not to ingest uh vegetable fats by any means, and that's soil, sunflower, canola oil. Like I said, I want butter, animal fat, beef tallow. Um, and I guess I was gonna touch on another thing before I get into seeds, but on, on beef tallow and and sleep. Um, you know, I was a kid with acne growing up, and I, you know, I polyester sheet and I tried to use a uh an uh, a Walmart, um, face cream, like man's cream, and I could never battle it. And it could have just been, um, you know, growing out of it, finally growing out of that stage, but switching up my sheets and switching up like my pillowcase, especially and switching up my men's moisturizer. I went to a beef tallow moisturizer and my acne is, um, almost non-existent now. So, um, but anyways, seed oil stuff. Can you touch on how bad this soy oil is for our endocrine system because that, that that fine. is primal that 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 is that is what it's fucking up
0: definitely. um I cannot go directly to the mechanistic level like I don't think I have that level of uh, granularity or haven't prepped it specifically for this mm-hmm. podcast. but to speak um broadly on kind of seed oils and as compared to and natural animal fats. Um, so for those not listening or not a familiar seed oils come from the seeds of plants. So canola oil, canola being like the flower taken from the seed of the flower, um, and any of these varieties, sunflower oil, um, even some, oil. a lot of avocado oils are tainted with, with kind of the seed of the avocado. Um, so what you generally speaking, Crisco, for instance, Crisco, kind of a very traditional seed oil, canola oil, was first introduced and its first commercial use was for machine lubricants. Mm-hmm. It was only transitioned when the brand Crisco started using it for cooking oil. So I think that's you, all you need to know about its relative use or functionality in the human body. Um, it has its its place. I think like the growth and use of it is effective and efficient for what those intended uses were originally for. It just happened to be a cheap substitute for some of the the cooking and other things that it has now transitioned into. And now many of the processed things you see on a shelf are going to contain some amount of those oils. I mean, I grew up like spraying the pan with Pam spray, which is a oh, yeah. oil, every single day cooking whatever it was, whether it was eggs, etc. And and so I, I mean, we didn't we collectively the the, the human population until a lot of these studies were coming out, especially with the rise of like carnivore MD, like Dr. Paul Saladino has been a huge proponent of and mouthpiece for condemning the use and consumption, I suppose, of seed oils because how they affect and disrupt our endocrine system. Um, What's interesting is that the seed oils, your body is not capable of processing them and and discharging them naturally so where they end up being stored is in our fat cells and they make the fat cell more resilient to being broken down meaning it's going to be harder to lose the fat harder to lose the weight and two there's nothing to break it apart it just sits in there permanently and so when you're eating uh for instance like a soy fed chicken the soy and seed oil that is in that chicken is still in the fat cells of the chicken um so sourcing making sure whatever meat you get is sourced and not grain fed not soy fed and then when you're cooking try to use things like all organic ghee butter um animal fat rendered animal fat um i mean for me like I, every Olive single oil. day i cook my grass fed beef into like two patties for my my lunch i don't even actually oil the pan because i use 8515 beef and so the actual fat that's breaking down out of that patty is enough lubricant for the pan. Um, so you don't, you typically need less oil than you think it's common practice to just drizzle a bunch on there. Um, and I think you can avoid it. And if you want to stick with an oil, make sure that you get a hundred percent virgin olive oil. Cause that is also safe to consume and, and, and actually like really, really good for your skin and body as well. Um, I personally landed more in the animal fat category, but if you can source high, high quality, extra virgin olive oil that is also another substitute as well
1: yeah absolutely um you know we've touched on a lot of things and i I had a a, one more here thing Uh, i kind of on like um it's more of this mental framing this mental mindset you know we talked about like this power of one percent um there's a whole space we'll probably like we could probably do another episode on this but yeah um i i guess i guess we should just touch on one before we let you out but like um Becoming Supernatural, that book by jo- Dr. Joe Dispenza, is, is a big book in this uh, kind of men's health space. Um, I'm not sure if you read it. And if so, if you want to touch on that as our closing point and kind of work that into the, the mental framing of of yes, I guess.
0: Sure. Yeah. So um, I won't belabor and or spoil the point of the Becoming Great Supernatural book. book, but a, a, a perennial self development book it will legitimately change your life if you read it and and take to its practices so becoming supernatural by joe dispenza it, it's a must read i'll I'll kind of leave that there um but more broadly as as far as mindset stuff i'm a huge um student of and attempted practitioner of the school of stoic philosophy um yep. it came to me initially through um, you know Ryan Holiday's works but eventually you get back to the place where you uh, arrive at like Marcus Aurelius's meditations kind of the perennial stoic tome um really really remarkable power in that but to speak or i guess to be reductionously describe stoicism in in kind of one sentence it's controlling the controllables and not caring about the rest so much of our life is outside of our hands but we spend almost all of our attention in those things. What did so-and-so say to me? What's going to happen in the future? Um, What if something goes wrong? All of these kind of this conversation, this internal dialogue, we spend a lot of time on the uncontrollables. And I've talked on my podcast before about whether you are past state focused, present state focused, or future focused if you're focused in the past and your mindset is dwelling on oh that this thing that happened i'm 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 lamenting the past whatever bad action loss of a loved one whatever it is you're going to be very depressive that that is considered a depressive mm-hmm. state like when you're in the past and then when you're always future focused and what could happen i'm worried about the outcome I'm, I'm concerned that's anxiety so anxiety lives in being focused on what we can't control outside of us in in front of us and then depression is dwelling on what's behind us, what could have been, what was, et cetera. But they're both mind focus... viruses. Pardon?
1: They're both mind viruses. I I consider like, they're both parasitic. Like if, and you'll touch on here about living in the now, but like.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think in it, and it, what's really hard but also beautiful is that everyone is a victim of it and everyone and it's very easy to fall back into it because we we are very like, especially if you're a goal oriented person, you have plans, you literally have a calendar that like can span into six months, a year, five years. So you're always thinking about what's in the future. So it's very easy to get anxious. And then our life is riddled with hard things. So the things that are behind us, you can often find yourself going back to and being worried about. So it's easy to fall into that depressive or that anxious state. But if you can discipline yourself and fall back into the present state, another great book, Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. moment you have control over, this is, goes back to stoicism. What are What's in my control? As far as time, right now, you and me right here, the words that I'm saying to you is all in my control. Like what I choose to do with this moment and this moment and this moment as they tick by is all that's within my hands. So I can't worry about me going to work tomorrow and the conversations I'm going to have with my boss and the deadlines I have to meet. And I also can't worry about how unproductive I was on this one day last week and like why I'm beating myself up about all that. That's just wasted time and energy, fully out of your control. But if you return to the present moment and focus on what you can control, life becomes a lot less mentally stressful, and you also are able to have a lot further and p- more powerful output.
1: That's very well put. Like uh, the the power of now and uh, becoming supernatural. The, 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 they are so intertwined, but you like, you need to read them both. <clears throat> and then uh, meditations by by Marcus Aurelius. Uh, you know, I I try to get one or two pages of that book I I'll try to pick it up once a month and just be like, okay. Um, and I've read it front to back a couple of times, but like, I just, I just, I just dive into a random page. Like I'll just turn to it, but like, okay, I'm going to read these, these 10, um, and, and go from there. And it, it's such profound stuff to not let those mind viruses take over you. Like, like you said, you only control the now. And if like, if you hone your body into, you know, into the now and, it is so powerful. Like it's, it's almost magic. Like, I think, I think a lot of this stuff, it, it, it. it, Graham Hancock talks about like the knowledge you seek will find you someday. And like this stuff starts snowballing in such a way that it's like, son of a bitch, I'm feeling better than I did yesterday. And I don't care about yesterday because I'm working on what I do now. And like, what can I do to better myself now? And, and but you don't but you don't focus wholeheartedly on the daily you you how how, do, how does that quote go you you, you worry about the day to day in the macro level and in the and in the micro level you work on the you look at the long term right
0: yeah i think it's like a uh, work in days measuring decades
1: yeah well that you yeah, kind of along the same thing right like in the now in the now you have an infinite time frame and in the infinite time frame you live in the now and 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 it's a uh, it's truly a beautiful thing, but um, I, I got to get running here. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to, to pitch what you do. Cause like I said, uh, I think what you guys are doing in this mental space is life changing. Um, you know, I haven't followed you for a long time, but the, this, this movement is truly powerful. And uh, I, I encourage anybody to reach out to Zach if they're interested in any of this stuff or just, trying to be a better uh, man or human being. So I'll, I'll let you take the floor here for a couple of minutes and tell everybody what you do.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate the kind words, Logan. And uh, yeah, so a little bit about what I do. Um, I run a self-development program for intellectually curious men trying to become the best version of themselves um, and do it alongside other men themselves. So that is known and called the Vitruvian Man Program, um, a broader subcategory of kind of what I'm working on. The Vitruvian Man Project, which is inclusive of my personal development. Um, I chose the name Project because I look at every man as an ongoing project. There's always room for improvement. And I claim no level of perfection. I'm just somebody who's really fascinated and always curious about becoming the best version of himself. And I wanted to share the lessons I've learned up until this point with other men to let them unlock themselves. And so that's what I do with the program. So it's a 12 week self mastery course. And Uh, The name Vitruvian comes from the famous sketch from Leonardo da Vinci, um, the Vitruvian man. You're probably familiar with the circle and the square and the kind of idyllic proportioned male physique. And so the idea is that at the center, you have to develop your body. You have to discipline yourself. You have to take care of your physical body. But as men, we are also capable of much, much more. And so the the program has three kind of main through lines, nourishing mind, body, and spirit. And like Da Vinci himself, who was this polymath, he was an engineer, a botanist, an anatomist, a fine artist, all of these things. We are capable of a lot, a lot more than most people push themselves to be. So becoming the most fit version of yourself is centric, but also working on your mindset along the way and preparing yourself and goal setting for the next steps of life um, alongside men doing the same thing. So If any of that sounds interesting to yourself, I am always looking for the next group of men to come through the program. You can reach out to myself on my personal Instagram at Z-D-S-C-H-E-N-K-E-N, also at Twitter with the same handle. Um, And then I also, if you want to follow kind of clips from my podcast and more specifically the brand, you can follow at Vitruvian Gentleman. I'll let you guys uh, Google search that name and spell it out. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, 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 we'll put put it in the show notes as well. I appreciate that. Um, Betcha. but yeah, if you're, if you're that man looking to make the serious investment in himself, um, and take that next step to, towards becoming the best version of yourself, I would love to have you. So please reach out and, uh, we can look at that.
1: I'm going to leave with one quote, uh, cause like a lot of this stuff sounds like it's like, there's so many steps to becoming, you know, the, the, Vitruvian man, like just a better version of yourself. And I would said it once on this podcast, but I can't remember what it was about, but there's a man in the horse in the forest and it's foggy. And the man can't see his way through the forest. And the horse says, can you see your next step? And the man says, yes. And the horse says, well, you have to take that. And that's the thing. Like, it's just baby steps. You, you're not going to be able to see your way out of the forest right away. I didn't know this version of Logan could ever exist. And if I did, I would have been like, son of a bitch. But I took the next step. My my journey started with, I want a, a more meat and animal fat diet. And I'm going to breathe better at night. So what I I tape my mouth. Um, I journal. But that's I don't think that that comes into physical health but that's more mental health um just these baby steps like don't go don't go to the gym three times a week and start hating yourself and hating the person you're trying to become take that next step and try to get your way through the foggy forest is all i can say so um i thank you for coming on man this is a treat uh like i said i appreciate what you guys are doing uh in this men's health space because uh being a man is back i'll tell you that it's uh this is this is a lot cooler space than I ever thought I, I could exist in and uh, a way healthier being of myself than I ever thought could exist. Cause like I said, my, my family is a little bit larger neck, you know? So yeah. I thank you for what you guys are doing
0: for sure, man. And, and it, and it's a beautiful thing. And I, and I, I wish nothing more than to just meet other men like yourself and help create men like you right like because you're a better version of you you are able to go affect better change in the lives of the people you interact with raise better children and that is how we fix the world at large one man at mm-hmm. a time and and that's kind of the mission
1: men are meant to do great things and it takes one step at a time so uh by no means is, is our journey done like you know i'm not sitting here you know happy at my progress like i you once you think you're once you let uh how's that what's that saying go once you let satisfactory creep in you use usually self-implode so like yeah you know i'm not a perfectionist but i'm not uh i'm not gonna sit here and just be okay with you know the progress right it's just one percent better the power one percent see where it takes us so i'll let you get out of here i gotta run uh i appreciate this man so We'll keep in touch. And you have to you have to bootleg me some salsa ups one of these days because I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna try supplements try and this this guy this guy sounds like he's got the best the best stuff. So I, I don't know whether it's marketing or, or what, but
0: probably a little uh, bit of both.
1: I think I think a little bit of both too. But anyways, you take care, man. I'll talk you again too. soon.
0: Bye. And if he fails, at least fails while daring right. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat.